We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. Welcome in to a fresh and free state of recruiting, the podcast where we dig into every element of college football recruiting. We've talked a ton of high school. We've dabbled into junior college. And of course, we've hit the transfer portal. And that is where we're going to remain on this next edition of the state of recruiting. And while the transfer portal window closed technically on January 18th, the visits, the commitments, the drama surrounding the best available college football talent remains in play. We're going to dig into our best available as of the morning of January 24th, 2023, and dig into not only the player, the eligibility, but some of the schools that could potentially be in the running or maybe should get in the running for some of the best college football players with multiple years of eligibility remaining. That's going to be the qualifier on today's show. Guys who are very good players who have multiple years, in some cases four years of college football eligibility remaining. Of course, this is State of Recruiting on the College Football Nation platform, CFB Nation on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're consuming your college football content. Please like, subscribe, rate, share, and let a friend know about all the fine work being produced under the CFB Nation umbrella. Not only do you get State of Recruiting, you get the Lucky Lefty Podcast, you get Irish Breakdown, you get the All-America Podcast, a wide and objective, keyword there, objective perspective on the very best in the sport of college football. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Without further ado, let's jump right into it. Who are the best available college football players in the transfer portal? Look, the window has closed, right? It opened December 5th and it closed December 18th. But remember, those were just for the declarations, those who intend to enter the transfer portal. And if you're kind of confused on Twitter, on social, you're seeing guys still entering the portal some days and even a week after that December 18th deadline. Remember, that deadline was for the colleges internally. Players have ad, have submitted their own declarations for the transfer portal, whether it's via social media or, or otherwise, or they just go to compliance. And if that part of the process played out on December 18th, it does take about 48 hours to enter the portal itself, or January 18th, I should say. It takes a couple days to enter the portal itself to then show up as a portal entry, an official transfer portal entry. So that's why January 20th, 21st, 22nd, we're, we're seeing new names still being added into that transfer portal. But in reality, they submitted all of the paperwork, uh, compliance information, et cetera, by that end of portal window on December 18th. And by the way, yes, there's another portal window coming up after spring football in the month of May. There will be a lot of movement in that portal window as well, right? Because we got spring football, these positional battles will have begun and will have gone down and the dust might be settled on some of these very key position battles in this great sport. I have my eyes on that Ole Miss quarterback battle. Georgia's could be very interesting as well. Could see some QBs and a lot of big time players still with room to enter the transfer portal in the month of May. But right now we're talking about this December, January window as it has closed, we know the names in the portal and we know the commitments that have gone down, right? Several thousand players entered the portal, about half of them, according to some data I've seen from The Athletic and ESPN, about half of them have officially made verbal commitments to their new programs. Uh, so 
about a 50% rate for those who enter the portal have already found a home on the way out. And unfortunately, another 50% either still waiting to do so, like some of the guys we're going to talk about today, or unfortunately stuck in that portal purgatory where maybe they don't find a home by the time uh, the ad drop window ends at their school of choice, or maybe they have to wait until the summer semester. They have to wait until the traditional summer window to jump in and and try to find their next collegiate home. So who are the best available? We've had this working list here at CFP Nation at, at SOR where we've we've weaved in and out of some players that we really wanted to dig in and talk about. And some have come off the board as recently as this week. We'll, we'll talk about one offensive lineman here in a minute, but a couple big names up front have come off the board just in the last couple of days. Ethan White, the big Florida Gators transfer, ends up at USC. And then Jacob Hood resumes his collegiate career there at Nebraska under Matt Rule, who has uh, put together a nice combination of high school recruiting and transfer portal recruiting simultaneously up there in Lincoln. So uh, a lot of these names are still flying off the board. Miami added uh, a secondary commitment from Iowa uh, just on Monday as well. Uh, so some of these players are flying off the board. So again, these are some of the best available. We'll, we'll run through five names, maybe six, in uh, this transfer portal class as of the morning of January 24th. And we're going to start in the secondary with one of the youngest players in the transfer portal. Because I, I think when you talk about the combination of intriguing athleticism and maximum eligibility, Jaheim Singletary is the first name that pops into my brain and is probably near at or near the top of a lot of colleges recruiting boards through the portal uh, or at least inquiry board. Like, hey, let's 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 reach out to the Jacksonville later. Let's see if there's any potential for a visit to school X, uh, because you can't teach six foot two plus. 185 pounds, physicality, two-way ability, ball skills, all of these secondary traits James Singletary brings to the table. But remember, he was in the class of 2022 in high school, right? So you're talking about a kid not only with great size and pedigree who has learned something at, at the University of Georgia over this last national title run, now available with four years of eligibility remaining just an ideal situation, not only for Jaheim to truly settle into wherever his next stop will be, but for the school to benefit from the immediate availability and potential development of a guy who has some Sunday potential. If the stars align. Uh, so Jaheim Singletary entered the portal very late uh, in the window and, and basically immediately, according to sources that we have confirmed uh, some schools with here at the State of Recruiting, almost immediately uh, there, there was a lot of attention his way. Remember, there's a difference between somebody reporting an intention to enter the transfer portal and the kid actually going to compliance, sitting down, filling out whatever paperwork, requisite paperwork to get in, and then 48 hours later, he appears in the portal. Remember, the moment those reports come out, and in this case, it was like three days before Singletary actually hit the portal, schools are scrambling. Scramble the Jets. Go go call go call the folks in Jacksonville and see what the deal is with Jaheim Singletary. So it got leaked 
that he had an, an intention to enter the portal, and I was told it went crazy. I was told it was absurd of uh, the amount of schools that tried to get in on Jaheim Singletary before he even completed the portal process on his end. So there was a bit of gap between the first report of the intention for Singletary to hit the portal and him actually being in the portal because only at that point for the prospect can he communicate with all these schools, right? So in that three-day window, guess who's getting hit up? Mom, dad, high school coach, seven-on-seven coach, trainer, mentor, close friends, former teammates, anybody and everybody within the Jaheim Singletary orbit got a phone call at some point uh, in those three days before he actually jumped into the portal officially. And then from that point, it got really quiet. And I think that's what's really interesting in this recruitment. Oftentimes when you're extremely coveted, and Jaheim has lived this for for years, right? One time Ohio State commitment, and then after that point, Florida, Georgia, Miami, a bunch of schools had a, a fighting chance for Jaheim Singletary. So he's 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 played the high profile recruit role uh, a plenty. This is a kid who broke out as, as a, a freshman, a high school freshman in the Jacksonville area. So a, a very known commodity for the last really five years. Uh, so understands the process, understands the patience it, it may take to navigate said process. But what's interesting about this one, it was kind of quiet. Um, we knew some teams that had reportedly shown interest. Uh, Miami made a lot of sense, right? He, he signed with Georgia out of high school. The DB coach at that point was Jamil Adai, who is now, of course, the DB coach for the University of Miami under Mario Cristobal. You knew that the Canes, which were in it under the previous staff anyway for Singletary when he was in high school, you knew there would be considerable interest both ways there and at least some familiarity coming from uh, Jaheim's standpoint. We heard Tennessee, North Carolina, Oklahoma. We, we heard a bunch of schools jumping in to inquire about Singletary, but from Singletary's perspective, very quiet. Not a lot of visits, if any, to this point, and not a ton of communication with a lot of colleges. I think from the beginning, this has been kind of a, a targeted very um, deliberate approach, a decisive approach. And hey, I'm in the portal, but let's keep this window small so we can go explore what we're potentially looking for. And I'm told really in this case, it's a playing time situation. This this is about finding an opportunity to, to move forward up a depth chart and, and have that fair shot to make some plays. Um, and I think, you know, Georgia obviously is – one, uh, very good in the secondary. They they were loaded the last X amount of years, really, since Kirby Smart has been there. They have retooled and reloaded that secondary through recruiting over the last several cycles. So at some point, Singletary apparently got lost in the wash. But remember, again, he signed with a DB coach who is no longer employed by the University of Georgia. So I, I think that's certainly a factor in that conversation as well. So Interesting to see how that will play out. Does he go through the process maybe without taking all of the allotted visits or any of the allotted visits? Uh, or can he somehow do it quietly? Which in this day and age, if you can pull it off, uh, you're a wizard. You are 
a a a cloak and dagger manipulator of time and the space continuum because there are so many eyeballs and ears and Twitter fingers so glued in on everything that these available prospects do, it would be hard to sneak onto a campus and and come back off and say, hey, I've got my destination. So we'll see what Singletary does here moving forward. Again, Miami, Oklahoma, Tennessee, some of the schools that absolutely have reached out at some point to someone near that Jaheim Singletary camp. My gut really has been, from the moment I saw he entered the portal, before any digging, before any phone calls and texts and tweets, my gut was really with Miami and Florida right out of the gate. And and, and to my understanding, both schools are in this conversation ahead of uh, a verbal commitment at some point because those two schools were involved previously. Ohio State was as well. But when he decommitted from the Buckeyes, that was really kind of a moving on, kind of a, hey, I'm going to stay in that southern footprint and make my moves from there. So my gut immediately went back to his home state of Florida. Again, this is a Jacksonville native. uh, And I thought the Hurricanes and the Gators could potentially be in the best position with a slight edge to Miami because of the Adai connection, obviously. Um, And and what's an interesting nugget on top of that with Jaheim Singletary, one of his last recruiting visits before shutting things down completely and, and sticking with the University of Georgia was actually out to Oregon. And at the time, Mario Cristobal was the head coach, of course, of the Oregon Ducks. So just something to keep in mind. There's a little familiarity with Cristobal and his camp, and there's a lot of familiarity with his DB coach, Jamil Adai. So I think that will be fascinating to track going forward because he is the best available, not only secondary prospect, in my opinion, but maybe defensive prospect going forward. Again, six two and a half, 180 pounds. Uh, four years of eligibility remaining with corner and safety potential. Jaheim is big. He's strong. He's physical. He's competitive at the line of scrimmage. Elite when the football is in the air. He's got a great wide receiver background in his pedigree. You can see why folks were clamoring for Singletary even before, again, he officially jumped into that transfer portal. So when we talk best available, for me, that conversation starts with Jaheim Singletary. Digging into the next available prospect in the state of recruiting best available. Let's make that a hashtag if you guys want to play around on Twitter a little bit. Hashtag SOR best available. If we're talking portal, we're talking projection, right? I think the caveat here and the commonality between all five or six of these players we'll talk about today, multiple years of eligibility remaining in the portal. These aren't seasonal rentals like a Spencer Sanders who you you know is going to come in for several months and be done with it, and then you kind of move on. These are long-term, multiple-season additions that can not only help your roster immediately, but they can help themselves and potentially propel themselves into some Sunday conversation simultaneously. Uh, so, again, that's the caveat here. Not a top five available just based on ability, but the combination of athletic profile, ability, and eligibility simultaneously. So if we're talking athletic profile and eligibility and intriguing size, hello, Keontae Goodwin has to be on this list. He wasn't the first O-lineman I was going to talk about. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Ethan White was, was higher on this list for me. 
the Florida transfer who, who ended up committing to USC, I believe, on Monday. And Jacob Hood was on this list ahead of Keontae, but he ended up committing to Nebraska recently as well. But Keontae Goodwin was there shortly after. Not only does he have more eligibility than both of those players, he's a lot bigger. He is listed at, let me let me double check this so, so I don't screw it up. Six foot eight, 340 pounds. Did you guys hear that? Six foot eight, 340 pounds. Of course, Keontae from Indiana ended up at Kentucky as a big time blue chip recruit in the class of 2022. And he got some run as a true freshman, uh, mostly as a reserve and got some mop up duty, got a lot of special teams work, etc. But you cannot teach this frame, uh, 6'8", 340. And remember, coming out of high school, extremely coveted from a length and size perspective. Had a lot going on while he was in high school from a recruiting standpoint. Looking back right now, he took official visits to Alabama, Florida State, Michigan, Michigan State. And, of course, Kentucky was close to home. And it was a school he would eventually latch on to. This was a guy who... No matter which recruiting outlet you you looked at, had a very low number next to his name, meaning he was very, very highly thought of. Keontae Goodwin again transferring from Kentucky, and and I think there's been a quiet nature to him as well. Not so much as we've seen with Jaheim Singletary, but in terms of the schools in the mix, it's been more speculative than substance the only real nugget i have found is that goodwin took a quick trip to florida over the weekend this past weekend and the early returns on that visit are very positive again florida has lost multiple i think i believe multiple starters or guys in that o-line rotation to the portal we mentioned ethan white to usc recently michael tarquin was another guy uh, who was in that rotation who hit the portal obviously they had some declarations for the nfl when you talk about osiris torrance so billy napier and company needing to revitalize revamp that offensive line up there in gainesville or, or down there for most of you but for me up there in gainesville and naturally, you lose some from the portal. You want to go pull some from the portal. So Goodwin did take a trip to Gainesville. The early returns were positive there, as you would imagine. You know, this is a, a program that uh, ran the football extremely well in 2022. So you would understand how a six foot eight, 340 pounder who is known as more of a road grader than a polished pass protector would would have some affinity towards the Gators. And obviously this is a kid who grew up in that SEC big 10 corridor in the Midwest. So he understands both elements of that conversation. Again, Alabama, Michigan state, a couple of other schools that were involved in the high school recruitment of Keontae Goodwin. And typically when you jump in the portal before your, your full freshman year is, is completed. So this is the case for Singletary. This is the case for Goodwin. It often does revert back. I've found to the high school contenders. Typically, it's it's that group or somebody adjacent to that group that becomes a player in the transfer portal. It, it's typically the older portal players, and we'll get to a few here in a bit, the older, older portal players who jump in and kind of look at it from a different perspective and make more, quote-unquote, business decisions. Like, I don't remember 
Spencer Sanders considering Ole Miss before he ended up at Oklahoma State. But when you go in as a grad transfer, it's much more mercenary work, rental work. So you're you're going in for a very specific purpose as opposed to true development, time, lengthy eligibility. When you do that, typically the high school contenders often get a play and a say in where you may end up. So for Keontae Goodwin, Florida got the visit, but I'd keep an eye on some of those other schools that were involved, right? Alabama, Michigan State, uh, as well as maybe the University of Michigan. So let's continue looking at our best available players. One, Jaheim Singletary. Two, Keontae Goodwin. A couple of players leaving SEC country, maybe staying in SEC, ACC country. We shall see. But let's go to the other side of the country. Let's go to the Pacific Northwest. And I've mentioned him on multiple shows to this point. From a quarterbacking perspective, I'm pretty surprised he's still available, not only because of his pedigree, but because of his profile. Sam Heward, the Washington quarterback transfer, is still available. I'm borderline shocked with this development. I know he was a late add to the portal, leaving Washington. Basically, look, basically when we saw the Michael Penix news come down, that he was in fact going to stay and play out one more year at Washington, you knew there was going to be more turnover in the transfer portal relative to the Huskies. And Sam Heward was really the first name that a lot of us in the industry were really curious about. Hey, Sam's a Washington legacy. He's from that part of the country. Easy to understand why he is giving Washington the benefit of the doubt, but he's already done that two or three times. The Huskies have gone through multiple coaching changes in a very short amount of time, and they have brought in portal quarterbacks at different points to jump Sam Heward on the depth chart. Obviously, Michael Penix, the most recent, and then he has a breakout season in 22 and announces a return for 23. So at some point, even as a loyal legacy prospect, you've got to do what's best for you, as they say. So understandable for Sam Heward, the lefty, to jump into the NCAA transfer portal. Understandable. And then after that point, kind of curious. Like, what what is going on with Sam Heward? We have not seen a whole lot of reporting on this front. He's on all of these best available lists, I'm sure, because he's a big, physical, left-handed quarterback that can really push the ball down the field. I thought in his recruiting class, which I believe is 2021, I thought Sam Heward had the best deep ball game of any quarterback in that recruiting cycle. And that includes, of course, you know, your Caleb Williams's, your Jackson Darts of the world. I thought Sam Heward had the best downfield ability. Uh, So obviously there's a lot to like there. He's he's got um, NFL folks in the family at the same position. And again, just like with Singletary and Keontae Goodwin, multiple years of eligibility remaining. So there's going to be a market for Sam Heward at some point. I'm, I'm, again, maybe it's all quiet and I'm just missing it because I'm 
covering 50 million things and, and recruiting in the class of 23, 24, 25, and the portal and all of this stuff simultaneously. So on this here desk that you cannot see if you're watching on YouTube, Sam Heward's next stop hasn't come across my desk just yet. But I'm sure folks are interested. I mean, just think of the schools that either missed on a QB recruit at the end of the 23 cycle or don't have the most solidified quarterback room uh, in the country, even though the school he's leaving, Washington, would qualify as one of those teams, right? Washington, I believe, as of this recording, has two scholarship quarterbacks available. So this is a good point to, to remind folks. Just because you're in the portal doesn't always mean you're leaving. It usually does. But there's, of course, that ability to pull out of the NCAA transfer portal and remain at your school of choice. So maybe that's potentially on the docket for a Sam Heward. I wouldn't rule it out for a couple of guys on this list. Um, But look, Washington needs quarterback help. Texas A&M needs quarterback help. Auburn was in the market for a quarterback transfer. Didn't get one. Schools across the country could use a Sam Heward. So you expect there to be a strong domino there. There was reports coming out early this week, and I have not found depth to the reporting, but there was a hint from 24-7 Sports' Clint Brewster that Cal Poly, which employs a former coach of Sam Heward and his high school and Washington teammate wide receiver Junior Alexander, could get into the mix and be under heavy consideration but that school is Cal Poly. Uh, what what a grab or a couple of grabs that would be for Cal Poly. You just, no disrespect to them, you just expect more of a, a higher ceiling for Sam Heward in his collegiate pursuit. So maybe Cal Poly is the dark horse or the school, the fallback school to consider going forward, but you would assume with a great frame, a a known name, and multiple years of eligibility remaining, that Sam Heward ends up somewhere else. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I know on this edition of State of Recruiting, we've talked a lot about a bunch of eligibility remaining, at least three years available for Heward, and then four years available for uh, Keontae Goodwin, or excuse me, three years for Goodwin, four years for Singletary. So you're talking uh, a lot of potential impact at at your next stop. 
This next guy has, I believe, technically two years of eligibility remaining, but the plan is maybe to not use the full extent of those multiple years of eligibility. But the talent is kind of undeniable here. I'm talking Gary Bryant, USC wide receiver transfer. Of all these guys, the most calculated entry into the NCAA transfer portal because he announced it back in September. In September, he was like, look, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, appreciate you guys coming to my school and, and taking over and bringing a bunch of receivers with you, but we're going to go ahead and sit out. We're going to go ahead and sit out, preserve this red shirt in 2022, which he did, and explore the transfer portal thereafter. Interesting caveat with Bryant, uh, in addition to the calculated moves and the bevy of schools in on him, which we'll get to in a second, it's important to know, and I was told this over the weekend at the Battle 7-on-7 event in Miami, the schools that you are departing are still responsible for some of the academic course load and the scholarship that they inevitably signed in most cases, right? So for a kid like James Singletary, it means even if he's not at the University of Georgia, he's going to take some online classes at the University of Georgia and, and the funds from the school will be taken care of. For Gary Bryant, he is in school the rest of this spring semester at USC. So the visits are going to be a little harder to come by here going forward, which is why he was so active on the visit front on the front end uh, of the month of, of January, where he visited Miami. He visited Arizona. I believe UCLA got him on campus and feels pretty good. And there have been conversations about Arizona State, Texas A&M, and Penn State for the, uh, I would say, compact wide receiver recruit. I think Gary's about six foot, six one, well built. He's a route runner. He's a playmaker, a guy who you can equally distribute as a run after the catch type. Hey, bubble screen hitch, let's go. Or allow him to explore the route tree at the, particularly at the second level. I think he's one of these strong intermediate type players. Um, so he's got that foundation that a lot of schools will like. He had a really nice 2021 season uh, before the, the collapse there at USC. So we've already seen from a collegiate perspective what he can do, which is different compared to Heward and Goodwin and Singletary, who we've talked about, who have college experience as reserves on their, I guess, now departed roster. But we're going a lot. We're going back to high school for a lot of these guys. We're not doing that with with, with Gary Bryant. So you can understand why there's so many schools tangibly involved for GB. So we'll see if if he gets to these next couple of visits. I, I did see an interesting report uh, coming out late last night, really late last night, uh, from uh, Max Torres, colleague of of ours previously there. Um, at Sports Illustrated, Max says he is hearing, and let, let me pull it up so I don't uh, misquote my guy there. He says that there's a couple of schools in the mix at maybe the top for uh, uh, Gary Bryant. Uh, a couple of sources have told him, quote, I'm told by a source close to the recruitment that Arizona and Miami have emerged as the two main schools to watch for former USC wide receiver Gary Bryant. He's a former four-star recruit in the class of 2020 out of Corona Centennial High School. So once again, uh, 
a lot of schools involved here, a true national transfer portal recruitment for Gary Bryant, who does have multiple years of eligibility remaining. But apparently, Miami and Arizona, Miami's hitting that portal hard. Apparently, Miami and Arizona are the front runners, at least today, for Gary Bryant. So advantageous position for Jed Fish and Mario Cristobal, respectively. And look, you understand the need, right? Arizona lost maybe their top receiver, Dorian Singer, who, well, I think Ted Tyrell McMillan's their top receiver, but one of their top receivers in Dorian Singer, who ends up at rival USC. So naturally, Arizona in position for a USC transfer at the position, potentially, in Gary Bryant. And Miami lost a bunch of guys to the portal. Uh, Just a bunch of their wide receivers have moved on during that or after that coaching transition and, and really a dud year in 2022 so naturally Miami's been aggressive in the transfer portal and I think that's a really important spot for the Hurricanes Uh, and they got the first visit from from Gary Bryant who spent a couple days on campus and and really dug into that atmosphere Uh, obviously positive returns coming out of that trip but look when you're a portal guy who's coveted every trip's going to be nice I mean it's like uh you know I used to work for a company that was like we got to talk to these kids after every recruiting visit. And it's like, what do you think they're going to say? Um, they're they're treated like borderline royalty, especially if they're extremely coveted. So every visit is going to be positive. That's not the, the be-all, end-all in the recruiting process. But look, Gary Bryant's going to have a bunch of options. He's got probably, of all these players we'll talk about today, and I know we're winding down here, He's got the most schools after him that he is also reciprocating interest in. I think Singletary probably had the most by volume, but I don't think he's reciprocating that interest to all those schools we listed, Miami, Tennessee, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Florida, et cetera. Gary Bryant, it's like five or six schools, and he has shown some interest in all of them. Miami and Arizona, maybe the front runners per Max Torres, but Texas A&M, UCLA, Penn State, Arizona State, a lot of schools from across this country have been in on Bryant. So a couple visits down, which two does he take going forward, right? Can Penn State get him on campus? They've been in heavy in the wide receiver market. What about Texas A&M, which is heavy in the everything market on offense, it seems, as Jimbo Fisher looks to gear up towards 2023. But if that report from Max Torres is true, Miami or Arizona, I kind of think Arizona makes a little bit more sense, um, a little bit more established uh, passing pipeline with Jaden Delora closer to home. Gary is a a SoCal native. Uh, Miami's got maybe more playing time available, though. Uh, They they have a depleted wide receiver room, and they didn't hit it as well as they wanted to in the high school recruiting perspective. There was a lot of great talent at wide receiver available in South Florida in the class of 23. Miami only signed a couple of those prospects and none of them are big physical established wide receiver types. They brought in more uh, balanced or slot types in your Ray Ray McLeods and your Robbie Washington's of the world. As we make our final descent here on the state of recruiting, talking best available Transfer portal players, this is kind of a twofer. 
these two are in the same vein, in the same light, playing in the same secondary at the same school. So let's pair them together here down the home stretch. I'm talking Ole Miss. Bunch of offensive additions in for the Rebels, but some key defensive players out for the Rebels. And I think this is a good group to remind folks, kind of like we talked about with Heward, there's always the potential to go back to the school that you have entered the portal away from. Uh, so again, that, that's a good point of emphasis here because in this case, Ole Miss wants both of these guys back. You got DB Davison Igbenosin and Taishim Johnson. Both of them got a ton of run and starting experience as true freshmen. Johnson in 21, Igbenosin in 22. Both DBs, both big, both versatile, both from the Northeast. Igbenosin from Jersey, Johnson from Pitt. Both key recruits of Charlie Partridge, who is out at Ole Miss, remember, Lane Kiffin announced the hire of Pete Golding, the Mississippi native who had been Nick Saban's D.C. the last few years at Alabama. He is now home back at Ole Miss. Charlie Partridge out as defensive coordinator for Ole Miss. Maybe he's getting some of the blame for that late season collapse that Ole Miss went through at the end of 22. I believe four of the last five or five of the last six games they dropped after a strong best in school history 7-0 start. But it wasn't the fault of Igbenosin and Johnson. These guys have been big-time players for the Rebels, both of them freshmen All-SEC. I believe Johnson had some freshman All-America honors at some by some outlets after the 2021 season. So these are huge potential losses for the Rebels that are already dealing with other losses, both in the portal and through graduation or the NFL draft, like their captain, A.J. Finley, is gone as well. So if you lose Finley, Igbenosin, and Johnson, you're losing most of your best secondary players from this past season. So I think Igbenosin in particular, there's a real efforting process by Ole Miss to try to reel them back in. Hey, you know, I know you entered the portal. We get it. Your, your guy's Charlie Partridge. He recruited you. He called plays for this defense. But – Come on back to Ole Miss because we need you in the secondary. Uh, I'm very curious to see with Igbenosin in particular how that goes because, look, he's the bigger, more physical prospect with the more years of eligibility attached to his name. Uh, he's got three whole years to navigate with. Uh, so that will be incredibly fascinating. So, again, what do we do when freshmen hit the portal? We go back to some of their high school stuff. Right. So schools in the Northeast and that in that Big Ten footprint, Michigan, Rutgers, a couple of those are going to potentially be involved for Igbenosin. And with Taishim Johnson, he's a couple years removed from high school. So it's a little bit more succinct. Maybe Texas A&M is the clear favorite for Taishim Johnson. Uh, and Partridge could end up at any one of those schools. Right. He's from the Northeast. Everybody needs to recruit that D.C. to New York, New Jersey corridor. He's got a bunch of ties there, of course, was a great high school coach in the area. Uh, and he's got ties to a bunch of colleges as well, right? Uh, Michigan, uh, of course, Rutgers close to home for him. And his buddy, D.J. Durkin, is now at Texas A&M, guy he coached under a couple years ago. 
could that be a, a reunion of sorts? Uh, if that happens, then maybe both players are in danger from the Ole Miss perspective of going from your secondary to a divisional rivals secondary within the SEC West. But I think it's a little early for some of those conversations. And again, Igbenos a big physical defensive back. He can play corner. I think he's got some nickel ability. Tysheem Johnson, a more conventional corner, has some nickel ability as well. A great cover player in space or in the boundary. So again, these guys not only have those traits, they have the tape. They have the tape. I would say compared to all the guys on this list, Igbenosin and Tysheem Johnson have the tape to back up their their interest and the interest they're receiving via the transfer portal. So those two will be fascinating individually and maybe together. Uh, but I think Igbenosin, if, if there's one that maybe has a better opportunity to stick with Ole Miss, maybe it's Igbenosin. Maybe Johnson's ship has sailed a, a little bit further away. Uh, during this time but I think Charlie Partridge is an interesting link potentially to both of these guys so if you're reading the tea leaves and you want to play reporter a little bit keep an eye on the movement of the former Ole Miss defensive coordinator and we might get a tell relative to Johnson and Igbenosin and where they may end up so that's going to do it for this edition of the state of recruiting again my best available don't have to be your best available. I'm not talking rentals. I'm talking about guys with multiple years of eligibility remaining. Jaheim Singletary, the Georgia transfer, Miami, Florida, among the schools in the mix there. Keontae Goodwin, the Kentucky transfer. Keep an eye on the Florida Gators. They're the only ones that have gotten a visit as far as we can tell. So naturally, they're the front runners. Maybe Kentucky has an opportunity to bring him back. Quarterback Sam Heward leaving Washington. Cal Poly is the dark horse. Who else is going to get involved here for the big-time lefty? Gary Bryant leaving USC. Miami and Arizona, apparently the front runners, but AM, UCLA, Penn State, among those still in it. And then the tandem leaving Ole Miss, Davison, Igbenosin, and Taishim Johnson. Keep an eye on Texas AM at this point, but Ole Miss trying to reel in at least one of their now former DB recruits. So the portal windows closed, but the drama lives on and that's what you get right here each and every time we jump and record on the state of recruiting god bless garcia out